back, my friends. Uh, we just sat through another three and a half hours that I'll never get back, that we'll never get back. Another Maze and Brew post-game edition of our podcast here on Maze and Brew. You know me, team site producer, managing editor, Anthony Broom. Listen, if I sound tired, if I sound like a broken record, I get it. I get it. I, I don't... I don't know what else to say. And some people would argue, well, if you have nothing to say, why'd you press record? Uh, Because I can't. So we'll put that to bed right now. For the fourth time in five weeks, Michigan has lost a football game. This time, 27-17 to the Penn State Nittany Lions, who were 0-5 coming into this game. I have a couple big takeaways from this. And nothing to, to talk a half hour about. This will be another short show. Again, uh, the things that we've seen all year. It's hard for me to come here and address it again. The offense does not have an identity. The play calling is not good on offense. The quarterback play, whether by injury or by inconsistency, is not good enough. Defensively, things are a complete lost cause on that side of the ball. Special teams, bad. It's like every single week, it's the same problems. Despite the, oh, all you can do is push forward. All you can do is come back and try to rebound from it. Here's my biggest takeaway from this game. Now, I'm not going to give you stats. You don't, you don't want to hear stats. You don't care about stats. You watch that game with your eyeballs. You've been watching these games all year. Penn State's 0-5 coming into this game was a lot more fluky than what's going on at Michigan this year. Penn State, by and large, has been playing in competitive games this year. Really confusing that uh, they found themselves at 0-5 coming into this game. For Michigan, this is not, and again, this entire year outside of the Minnesota game has been bad, including last week. The fact that it took you three overtimes to beat Rutgers is bad, and we'll call it bad. For Michigan, this is the culmination of what it's all been building to. And Jim Harbaugh should not be coaching this team after this year. Period. I'm not... I won't let fear of the unknown in the future deter me from making a decision, well, I don't make the decision, but from feeling that a change needs to happen now. Now, if you're talking after last year where you're saying, oh, we just won nine games again, things at least look mostly competent, you know, we're still going to lose to the best teams on their on their schedule. I could, you know, I can, if an extension came, listen, Jim Harbaugh is an adult. Ward Manuel is an adult and a professional. You didn't have to go into the offseason before your contract was set to expire without a contract extension. They, they decided to do that. And again, I know it was put off because of the pandemic. But this was a situation created by both parties here especially coming off 
that 2018 year where things went sideways against Ohio State. Coming off last year where, again, new offense. That extension had to be done and in Ward Manuel's hand in January. There's not a whole lot to negotiate there. It's are you are you are we in or are we out? Jim Harbaugh should not be coaching this team after this year. Because doing so requires you to make an investment that I'm not even sure he wants to make right now. I know this team is depleted by injuries. Again, I feel like a broken record coming on here. But this this football team, this product, from top to bottom, including the guy that carries Jim Harbaugh's cord, I don't even know if that guy still exists. Nobody in that building is doing a good enough job right now. And the excuses are gone. Oh, Don, Don Brown's defense isn't good, isn't getting the job done? Hello 2018, hello 2019, he's still here. And all this talk during the broadcast, oh, if Jim Harbaugh leaves, no, he's going to have NFL teams that are line up for him. Who? The Jets and the Lions? Really? Shout out Lions for making the move they had to make today. Firing Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia. I mean, enough's enough. The argument for Jim Harbaugh was that, well, at least he beats the teams he's supposed to beat. Michigan has still not won as an underdog under him. And this season in particular, you've lost to two teams who you've who you have given their first victory of the year to. Michigan State, who's up at halftime over Northwestern right now, by the way. Enough. And if they make any kind of coaching changes on the staff, you know, fire Don Brown, fire Sean Newell, Mike Zordich, whatever. I'm just throwing names out there. It's window dressing right now. It is. I mean, it doesn't change anything, but based on what we've seen, are you gonna let? Are you really gonna let Don Brown put in another Ohio State game plan two weeks from now? I mean, good God, just run defense, just absolutely non-existent. And listen, I know that the defensive tackle position and recruiting has been a concern, but you know, Chris Hinton makes some plays here and there. Um, it doesn't; they don't have an edge right now. Edge in terms of Aiden Hutchinson's out for the year. Quiddy Pay came back, and I thought played okay, uh, but again, not enough noticeable game-changing plays. I think Taylor Upshaw is a guy who has upside. But your edge is non-existent right now. And your defensive tackles, honestly, it just they haven't had a good one since Maurice Hurst. And he was he hasn't been here in three years. Wanna make the argument the corners played better today, the coverage is better? Yeah, I think you can make that argument. But nothing sums up the state of this defense right now better than in what really was a, a one-score game into the fourth quarter. And this is no disrespect to these guys. It's simply 
a state, you know, the state they find themselves in. You're seeing guys like Hunter Reynolds and Adam Shibley out on the field. That's not a knock against them. It's just, were they even on the, the, the three deep coming into this year? So Michigan's depleted there, but again, um, you know, so many finite, small detail things that did, they just don't do very well. The tackling is atrocious. Their ability to set the edge is atrocious. The drops that the linebackers take are atrocious. I mean, people are making fun of him saying that, again, especially when you run a 3-3-5 out there, oh, it's, it's, it's Greg Robinson, it's Gerg all over again. Right now, this looks worse than Gerd. And again, if you want to make the argument they did a good job shutting down Jahan Dotson today, I'll make that argument. Three catches for 30 yards. Not bad. Uh, Penn State on the day. Sean Clifford was 17 for 28, 163 yards. That's that's okay. Uh, but what happened on the other on the other part of it? Penn State rushing, 50 rushes, 254 yards, three touchdowns. And the long, Penn State only had two runs over, um, the two longest runs of the day were 29 yards and 24 yards. One of those is by Sean Clifford, which was laughable, making him look like uh, Lamar Jackson. And Josh Gaddis, let me tell you, I get that uh, he's still got that new coordinator smell to him, but it's starting to smell a little foul. Hundred seventy-four yards on the ground today—that's not too bad. But they just there's no feel for the play calling there at all. Talk about the wildcat stuff, the short yardage stuff. The getting too you know too cutesy. Michigan's defense has been a problem for a few years, but God, when they can't when they can't score, that whole team looks bad. Penn State ran seventy nine plays, Michigan ran fifty five, which probably is doing us a favor. I don't know if I could have handled another twenty four. Offensive snaps. It's just... At the end of the day... This is a program that is 11-10 in the last 21 games it's played. Yeah, they're 2-4 and four this year, but... Okay, take the 2-4 and four record out of it. So they're what? 9-6? and six? It's not what you signed up for either. I don't know what else to say. I am I am defeated. I'm burned out. I mean, this is... I can honestly say this is the first time this year that watching this football team, for me, has felt like a chore. There was some intrigue in other areas, but this week it was a chore. The body language isn't good. The special—I mean, special teams. God, Chris Partridge leaves. Jay Harbaugh takes over. That Jay Harbaugh. Listen, 
we talk about Jim Harbaugh, and again, I'm not I'm not hating on these guys personally, but Jay Harbaugh is the running backs coach and the special teams coordinator. The special teams have been garbage this year. And running backs, I mean, after a good start to the game from Hassan Haskins, he was on a milk carton for like a quarter. He just wasn't out there. And they can't they can't settle on anything. And like I said, everything is just so scatterbrained and up in the air, and that's the entire operation right now. So I hate to I hate to come on here and I don't want people to accuse me of just, you know, liking the sound of my own voice, but I don't know why I'm even here right now. I could have just copied and pasted uh, the one I did after the Indiana game or the Michigan State game. It's... <laughs> I got nothing. I do have something for you. If you've made it this far, I do have a reward for you. Uh, Black Friday was yesterday. We're heading into Cyber Monday. Uh, it is Small Business Saturday, but really in, in this climate, we all should be, um, you know, forget the big box stores. We should all be repping businesses of people in our community, the small businesses, the privately owned businesses. And one of my favorite ones from a little place called Indianapolis, our friends over at Homefield Apparel. Homefield makes premium licensed collegiate apparel out of uh very thought-provoking, very nostalgic designs that they come up with, what they did. They have a Michigan collection that, again, people might not be wanting to rep the Block M in terms of football right now, but still a good hockey team, still a very good basketball team. Lots of other programs do their part. And Homefield has uh, designs that can be used for any team, really. Uh, the Block M, you've got the old sailor hat Wolverine. Right now I'm wearing my uh, hooded sweatshirt from them. Again, I've been telling you guys this for weeks. They make the most comfortable clothing I've ever been in. And, and I've got designs from schools like Tulane, North Dakota State, Slippery Rock. Listen, if you're, if you're looking for a thoughtful gift for someone who might like vintage-type apparel, there's no better place than home field heading into the holiday season. And through Cyber Monday, what we're doing for you, what it's not us, it's but through the grace of home field, is giving you 30% off your entire order at homefieldapparel.com using the promo code BFMNB. That's BFMNB at homefieldapparel.com. And listen, swaddle yourself in a cloud. It's starting to get cold. You want to go outside and, you know, you got to walk the dog or take the trash out, whatever. I don't know why those were the first two things that popped in my head. Uh, varying degrees of things I enjoy to do. So BFMNB at homefieldapparel.com. So I know it sounds like I'm running out of things to talk about, but I do want to address a couple more things before we get out of here. Uh, chief among them being what's going on at the quarterback position right now. A little bit more of the quarterback roulette stuff uh, going on on Saturday. Again, this time it was by necessity. Uh, Cade McNamara hurt his shoulder early in the game. Um, down near, I believe it was down near the goal line on that first Hassan Haskins touchdown. Um, and obviously, like he, he left the game. Joe Milton comes back in. Cade McNamara goes to the locker room, presumably to get x-rays. I'm not 100% sure what the process there was, but 
would eventually come back into the game. And, you know, the same zip wasn't there on the throws. Um, they never tried really going down the field. Even when Milton was out there, it just didn't seem like they, they really trust him to throw the football right now. And, uh, you know, in a game where you're in the fourth quarter down two scores, you have one guy who can't throw the ball down the field because he's probably going to throw it to the, the Michigan golf course, and another guy who can't throw it because his shoulder tightened up on him. At some point, it's just so frustrating that every time it seems Michigan turns the page to a new quarterback, he gets hurt, and then we never we either either peters out or we never hear from him again. It happened with Wilton Spate. It happened with Brandon Peters. It happened with Dylan McCaffrey. It's just oh god, it doesn't make it any easier that you know we're, we're honestly. I don't know how long of a, this shoulder thing's going to be for Cade McNamara, but let's just say that Harbaugh does come back next year. Because honestly, at the end of the day, I think that's what, that's what's going to end up happening. They'll sign the extension. Um, again, it feels like that's probably where we're headed, unless Jim Harbaugh walks away, which is probably be the number two on my list. Not to take an NFL job. I could see him just walking away and just taking a year off or something. But let's say he is back next year. You will be going into year seven of the Jim Harbaugh era where you're not sure who your quarterback is. And I know that J.J.'s coming in and seems like he's going to sign, and and that's great. Five-star guy. Someone I think can probably play right out of the box. Probably at this point should play right out of the box. Um, Don't know if Joe Milton will be back. I mean, Dylan McCaffrey hasn't officially transferred anywhere. Cade McNamara will still be around, but again, it's just we'll be going into offseason number seven where we don't know who the best quarterback on the roster is. And that's frustrating. And it's kind of that, you know, that was Har- one of Harbaugh's calling cards coming into this. Just a, just a fleeting thought. Again, I can't really hate on either of those two guys for how they played. When the guy who's the better quarterback can't throw the football and the guy who comes in is what he is and is what we've seen from him all year, I can't get mad at either of those two guys. Can't really get mad at the coaches. Dan Villari was a guy that was like the number 1,100 quarterback in the country last year that didn't sign until, you know, didn't join the team until, or didn't join the recruiting class until like November or December last year. Uh, because J.D. Johnson had to medically retire. That guy's not ready. You know, they are still trying to win games here. It, uh, I don't know. I, we're left here to, at this point, no questions about the future will be answered this week. Probably won't be answered until after the year. But a decision has to be made quickly after the year. There, there are three games left. Michigan's not going to go to a bowl. Because they'll probably they're going to lose to Ohio State. So that's five losses. We're probably looking at them not winning next week's game against Maryland. To be frank, they could win it. We'll see. It's kind of a toss up. And I suppose they could win that that crossover game if they're who knows who they get. Maybe Nebraska or something. I I, I don't know. 
maybe Minnesota again. But a decision has to be made quickly on where this is going. And like I said, I know there's a push on on social media for Matt Campbell. Listen, I'm right there with you. I think at this point, like I've said this before, it's a bad relationship that you move on from. Let it be amicable. Don't let it be how Mark D'Antonio went out with Michigan State. Now, again, there's a little more goodwill there because Mark D'Antonio won Big Ten titles. But don't wear out your welcome. I don't think Harbaugh has wore out his welcome. I think right now it's just time to go. question becomes, does Ward Manuel think that? And it's one of those scenarios where I talked about it, we wrote about it a couple weeks ago. Jim Harbaugh told he told us that he wants to be judged by his actions, not his words. Because quite frankly, and he would even tell you this, anything he says publicly is it's vanilla, it's coach speak, it ultimately does not matter. So we'll judge we'll judge you by your actions then. Um, your actions suggest, and by extension of you, what your football team plays like also reflects on what your actions are, the actions you take to build it, the actions you take to coach it, the actions you take to you know put together a football operation. Those actions loudly say that your time, it should be over. This has run its course. And I, and I hope that he's, he wanted his actions to speak loudly, and I hope that Ward Manuel's listening. I know there's a lot of problems with finances and the athletic department. Again, there are people who tell you that there's probably still a, an extension that's been signed already that they're just waiting to announce until after the pan, or, you know, after the season or when the pandemic is, is cooled down. But listen, the longer and longer we go without that, this is not a, you know, pandemic or not, this is not a, this is not normal. It's time. The question has long been, if not Jim Harbaugh, then who? And when you're going 9-4, and four, I understand that. But when you're starting to look, the only games you're competitive in are the ones against teams at the bottom of the conference. Again, Rutgers and, Rutgers and Michigan State are arguably the two worst teams in the Big Ten this year. And, and mix, you know, those were your two most competitive games. You lost to Michigan State. You barely beat Rutgers. You did everything you could to lose that game. When you stop winning the games you're supposed to win, you have no business being here, period. I think that's all I have to say about that. Michigan 27-17 losers to Penn State on Saturday. Fall to 2-4 and four on the season. Maryland comes next week. We'll see what happens uh, in terms of injuries if anyone comes back. We'll see what that point spread looks like. I am not, again... A lot of uncertain things going into the final stretch of the season here. You can follow me on Twitter, Anthony T. Broom. You can get our podcast wherever you get your shows at Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Follow us on Maze and Brew on all the socials, uh, Twitter, Facebook, wherever. We're, we're everywhere. I join the Discord server, all that good stuff. Homefield Apparel, remember the promo code BFM&B for 30% off 
your entire order through Cyber Monday. That's going to do it for this edition of our post-game show. Thanks for your time, and we'll talk again soon.